This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. I'm calling this part three because we had last Sunday, Thursday, and you can catch up on the podcast of both of those if you missed out, and then today, A Legacy of Faith. We've had Vision Week. I've enjoyed Vision Week. It's been on the city. I know many of you have been following it, and we've been praying on the same theme, on the same lines. We've been reading the Word of God along the same lines, so we're getting all on the same page, and so we're pulling together and going forward because we understand we're stronger together than we are on our own. We're not running with our own agenda. We've got God's agenda, vision that God's given to us, and we're rocking with that and expecting great things as we see community transformation in increased influence across East Lancashire. So thank you, everyone who's been part of that, and we push forward for a great year. You know, in a culture where many people don't want to take responsibility, or if things go wrong, they want to find someone to blame. It's a, it's a blame culture. You know, if, I, if this doesn't work for me, it's the government's fault, or it's my upbringing's fault, or whatever it might be. We have decided as this community, as Life Church community, that we're actually going to take responsibility. And we're going to be faithful with what God's given us. God never asks us to be faithful with what we don't have, so that's okay. But with what we do have, we are called to be faithful. It's extraordinary how much we have achieved as a life church community with the relative little. It's incredible that we have this facility, incredible that our influence is so huge in the town and around. But what that's all about is it's about committed people like you and me, hundreds of us who say, right, actually, we can be the difference. We can make the difference. We can be out there helping people. We can reach people. It's about people. It's always about People. So we've decided to take on responsibility and to pass on what we have received. We've received great things from God. We understand that's not just to make us fat on the things of God. It's for us to be a channel of a blessing to other people. So I want to read from Psalm 145. I'm going to read uh, just a few verses, but I would encourage you to read the whole psalm. I love this psalm. It's a psalm of David, of course. It's a favorite psalm of mine, but I've got quite a few favorites. But here it is, Psalm 145. This is David's decision. You know, this is not how he felt that particular day that he wrote it. This is his daily commitment and his daily decision. This is what he says, I will extol, exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Decision. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one, no one can fathom. He's a, a scripture that fits with our legacy of faith that we're talking about. He says this, verse 4, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. It's a responsibility, generation to generation, for us to tell our children, for them to tell their children about what, how good God is. They speak of the glorious spender of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. So he's just telling 
everybody who wants to know, anybody who will listen, he's saying, God's amazing, God's wonderful, and I'm determined that I'm going to pass on what I have received. And we've made a decision as Life Church that that is what we are going to do. We are going to be good custodians of the good news about Jesus. We're not going to hang on to it, we're going to pass it on. And so as generations follow us, and anybody who we can impact in our communities, across the nation, whatever that's going to look like, we're going to take responsibility to do that. Proverbs 12, 20, sorry, Proverbs 13, 22, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Hear it again? Heard it before a few times over this last week. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. And when we talk about inheritance in this context, and what I believe that principally means, is actually about a spiritual legacy. It might be a good thing to leave things behind for your families, uh, savings and investment, homes, property, whatever. That might be a good thing, but that's nothing compared to the real point of life, and that is to leave a spiritual legacy. Far more important to deposit something in people while we're around. We're all responsible while we're living to live well for God, but then to pass something on as a great example of faith. And I'm convinced that's the best legacy we can leave. It's a legacy of faith. It's better than things. Things come, things go. You know, when the rich man died, somebody said, how much did he leave? And the answer is always the same, everything. But what really lasts is what we invest in people, a legacy of faith. An example that people can see something to follow, a legacy of of faith. So last week we looked at uh, a guy called Timothy and his faith. And Paul, who was writing to his young friend Timothy, made the comment, made, made the reference there. And what 2 Timothy 1 5, I'll just remind you of it. He said this to Timothy I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. So he had a great maternal example. His mother and his grandmother had lived well for God. They had faith. So when Paul's looking at this guy thinking, well, this kind of faith, I've seen that before somewhere. It was in your mother. It was in your grandmother. And on Mother's Day, mums and ladies in this church who may not have had their own biological children, but you are mums in this house, and we thank you for that. You can leave something. You can be an example. People can follow that. Wasn't that good to hear people saying thank you to their mums? That's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And I, we've all got good stories to tell about my, our mums. I still thank God for my mum. She, uh, she passed away a long, long time ago, but she still left me a legacy of faith and putting God first, which I never forget. And it set me up, along with my dad's example, it set me up to live well for God, a good example. So Paul recognized that legacy of faith in Timothy. And you know, when we look back, as we did last week, and we talked about, uh, we showed that the video, which we're actually going to show again, in case you missed it, but we showed that video, the vision video. We saw some pictures, and one particular picture was, was men in gray suits carrying big Bibles. Now, we don't wear gray suits. Anybody got it? I don't think anyone's got a gray suit on. 
we can wear a grey suit, but we don't come to church dressed in a grey suit carrying the big Bible. But we still have that same faith. That's the point. We still have that same legacy. For many, most of us, the Bible's on our uh, smartphone. But, you know, we still have that same faith, that same legacy, and we're building on that a great past for a great future. And I'm just thinking more and more and more about the fact that we all have a lot to thank God for, and we actually have a lot to thank other people for. Because we, we're all here because someone, we, I guess, invited us. Perhaps someone brought us about along. But probably even bigger than that, someone prayed for us. Yeah. Thank God for my parents who prayed for me before I was born. Wonderful. And continue to do so. And, and we, we can do that. We can pray for our kids and our grandkids and so on. We can just give, keep giving them to God. And we, we're grateful to God for the legacy, that example of that. So we thank God for many years of investment in this community. And I want to specifically look at another man whose, whose legacy of faith effect, affected not only his family, not only his descendants, but right on through, bang up to, to date. And that man was called David, probably the greatest king that God's people ever had, the people of Israel ever had, King David. And there's a, a scripture there that we put, we've actually put it on our um, Vision 2016 card, but it's right there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you from um, Acts chapter 13, 30, 36. David, after he served the purpose of God in his own generation, died. After he served the purpose of God in his own generation, died. Now, is that the best thing we could do? Is to serve God's purpose in our generation. I can't be responsible for what happened before I was around or what will happen after I'm not here in that respect. But I can take responsibility to serve God's purpose in my day and generation. And I want to encourage and inspire you all this morning to do the same. While I'm around, I'm going to do what I can. While I'm around, I'm going to be a good example. While I'm here, I'm going to trust God no matter what. While I'm here, I'm going to be committed to this community of faith no matter what. Sometimes I'll love it. Sometimes I'll be irritated by certain things. But whatever, I'm committed to this community of faith. So while I'm here, I'm going to serve God's purpose in my generation. Actually, God doesn't ask us to do any more than that. But when we do that, we do leave a legacy of faith. So he was David, served God's purposes in his generation. And the, God promised him that he would look after his family after he's gone. I'd take that. I'd take that. While I'm no longer around to look after my family, God's going to look after them. It's a wonderful thing to think about that, isn't it? Because there's always going to be situations out of our control. There are only going to be uh, situations where all we can do is pray. Did I just say all we can do? Because it makes all the difference to pray. It's our first resort, not our last resort. I've tried everything, God, so uh, will you help me out? No, let's pray first and keep praying. But, you know, God had promised to look after his family, King David's family. Because of David's faithfulness, because David was described after a man, as a man after God's own heart, and we can be 
have that description to be men and women after God's own heart. People who love God, people who put God first, that's what that means. And have the same care and compassion for people as God does. David was a man after God's own heart. Because of that, that was his legacy. And for generations and still today, we can see that. Our faith determines where we will spend eternity. If we put our trust in God, our future is secure. So that's a done deal. We don't have to think, well, I forgot to keep doing something to earn God's approval. No, it's called the grace of God. We come to Him as we are, say we're sorry, God, I'm going to put my trust in you. That's it. Our future is secure. But in this life, we have opportunity and responsibility, not just to say, I'm sorted my ticket for heaven, it's, I'm okay, and then I'll do what I want. It's not about that. It's about living well as an example to others so that others can see something of Jesus in us, so others can be inspired by our faith. And our faithfulness to God impacts others around us. When people see us walking with God, even through the challenges, that, that, that impacts other people. They see, hang on a minute, this Christianity stuff, there must be something in it. There's a reality in that. We can believe it because we can see it actually works. So we have a responsibility to do that. My faith with God is between me and Him. My trust in God, it's a one-to-one. It's not a package deal. But you know, it's private in that sense, but faith is never private. If you were, some people say, well, you know, my faith is a private thing. I don't talk about it. Show me that in here. It's a nonsense. It's a complete and utter nonsense because the Bible talks about us sharing our faith. It talks about sharing the good things from God. It talks about drawing something out of what God has given to us to pass it on. It's a responsibility to pass on the good things. We're custodians of what God has done, and we have responsibility to pass it on. So we share our faith. That doesn't make us, oughtn't to make us Bible bashers or condemnatory kind of people that we just tell people where they're going wrong. No, it's about living in the grace of God and blessing people and helping people. That's what actually makes a difference. But we see, as we read through the Old Testament, I've not got time to look at loads of scriptures, but I'm going to mention one or two, how David's legacy of faith impacted generations uh, that followed him. Remember that God promised to look after his family after David was gone and, and buried, buried and gone. And we see that 37 years, uh, sorry, 23 years after David's death, we see how that God was true to that with his son, Solomon. I'm going to read a couple of verses from 1 Kings 11. And we see how Solomon was, went away from God, did his own thing. Now, Solomon had every opportunity. He's possibly one of the richest men, almost certainly one of the richest men that ever lived. He had every advantage that people would consider in our culture going for him. But he turned his back on God and started to go his own way. And this is what... God said to him, since this is your attitude and you've not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Listen to this verse 12. Nevertheless, for the sake of your father, of David, your father, I will not do it in your lifetime. 
talks about handing it to, to his son, so on. For this, it finishes verse 13. For the sake of David my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. So he is Solomon, away from God, but because God had promised his David, his father, he was not going to snatch the kingdom. And because God had promised the nation of Israel, God's people, that they would be protected, that they would be looked after, God didn't turn around on his word, even though Solomon went his own way. If you look a bit further along, 57 years after David's death, uh, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, who was David's grandson, 57 years later, he did the same. For David's sake, he protected him. 305 years later, when, after David had died, so he's long buried. 305 years later, there's a king called Hezekiah. There was a siege against the city because Hezekiah hadn't lived right before God. But here again, it, it, it's in there. In one Kings, sorry, 2 Kings 19.34, God said, I will defend this city to save it for my sake, and here it comes, and my servant David's sake. 305 years later. So don't think what we do in this life doesn't actually matter. We stand on the shoulders of giants. 95 years ago, started a church in this community. 95 years, thank God for their sacrifice and all the subsequent sacrifices since but thank God that he keeps his promises and what we do in this life benefits generations to come so don't think your life doesn't matter it doesn't count it absolutely does a secure future with God but then we can invest in the now for the re- for the benefit of those who are to follow for David's legacy impacted generations and of course from David's line was born a savior called Jesus. And what an investment. What an incredible legacy running through. And we still benefit from that thousands of years later. And until Jesus returns, we still have the benefit of that. So how can we leave a legacy of faith? Well, by being men and women after God's own heart. What a a great description for God to say of David, he's a man after my own heart. He kind of thinks the way I think. He, 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 he kind of he, he has the same values. He, he has the same compassion. He, he, he just has a passion for me and a passion for my people. That's how God spoke of David. And of course, we know in, in, through the Bible that David wasn't perfect, which is, again, it's hope for all of us. David was a long way short of perfect. And what David did, he made a lot of mistakes. But what is wonderful is how we came back for those mistakes. So I think we need to hear that this morning. There are times when you may have messed up. You may have messed up in a small way. You may have messed up big style. But the grace of God means that we can come back. There are many people in this congregation who at times have messed up. You know, their lives have been broken. Perhaps the marriages have been broken. All sorts of things. But they are where they are by the grace of God. And because of what God can do, we can and learn from that and be inspired, that becomes a legacy of faith. Yes, I've messed up, but God's brought me back. Yes, I've messed up, but I've had a new start. Yes, I've messed up and not been faithful at, at a point perhaps to God, but right now, here we are. We see, we're seeing God, we're searching and, 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 and serving God and, and the best we possibly can. There is a way back. Being men and women after God's own heart, caring about what He cares about, injustice, the poor, 
the, the lonely, the marginalized in society. That's what God cares about. And us as well. So we need to be involved in that as we heard on uh, last week and, and on Thursday too, how we can be involved in those helping all sorts of people. To be more consumed with the needs of people than our own needs and our own gratification. It's a huge deal, but it's absolutely what God is looking for us, to make Him first and centre, to live a life of sacrifice, of generosity, of selflessness, that we can be there for people before ourselves. That's what God keeps wanting to keep bringing us back to, because whatever we think church is about, it's about honouring Him, it's about serving Him, but as I often say, we serve God by serving people. That's how it works. So we need to be ready to do that. I love that scripture in Proverbs 22.1. Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. God blesses us when we leave that kind of spiritual legacy that, that brings honor to him. So just keep doing your best. Keep, keep putting God first and it will have lasting consequences. This is a generational church. We look around and we've got all ages. That is a huge strength of this church. Vitally important that that remains the case. When people come, they see younger people and, and, uh, and, and children, of course. That's what they notice because in, in, so, in many cases, that's not what people expect these days in church. That might not be what they expect, but this is reality. All ages worshipping God together, and long may it remain so. It's vital that it is that we honour the older people, and then we, we, also, we also just sacrifice for the, for the benefit of the younger ones too. In tough times, remember, I'm leaving a legacy of faith. When it's serving God, and the challenges sometimes can be re, very real and, and, and difficult, well, it's okay because I get to serve God. I get this honor. I get this privilege. And I'm leaving a legacy of faith. You know, you may have been struggling with a perennial problem and think, how could I leave anything that's of any value? Let me tell you again this morning, God can strengthen you. God can help you. God can put you in a position where you can leave a legacy. You know, you look back and say, God, how could I ever leave a legacy there's a story of uh, a man called Easy Eddie who was Al Capone's uh, lawyer. Now, Easy Eddie it was back in the 1920s, and Al Capone was a n- notorious gangster. He, he, all sorts of crimes. The police were convinced that he was responsible for all sorts of horrendous things. But they, didn't, they weren't able to convict him because his lawyer, Easy Eddie, was such a brilliant lawyer. He was able to keep him out of prison. But Easy Eddie had a son, and his son was called Butch. American, obviously. Um, He had a son called Butch, and he was devoted to this lad. And it began to bother him, and he's thinking, I'm doing very well looking after Al Capone. I've got everything I need. I'm I'm rich. I've got a big house. I've I've got everything I need. But I'm I'm really bothered that I can't leave my son a good good name, a good reputation, something to follow. He was really bothered about that. Long story short... He then, he then gave evidence against Al Capone, and you'll know that Al Capone was actually convicted of tax evasion. It was Easy Eddie who testified against his employer. He suffered great consequences for that, and a few years later he was assassinated, probably by Al Capone's um, uh, uh, 
henchman, I, I guess. But he was determined to leave a good legacy. The, then the story goes on that his, his son became a fighter pilot in World War II. And he was fighting for the, for the American Navy in, in, in uh, World War II. He was coming off an um, uh, aircraft carrier called the Lexigan. And he was... He, he was uh, Going to, towards to do a sortie, off they went to, to, to attack this particular area. But he realized as, as they were flying out, there, were, there was aircraft coming towards them. They were going to destroy the aircraft carrier that wouldn't be protected because they were out on a mission. So he turned around and he took on the whole bunch of these, this aircraft. And he ran out of ammunition, so he started to, to fly his plane towards these other planes. And long story short, he was, a, he was awarded an, the highest honor that he could be awarded by the American military. And uh, years later, because of his sacrificial uh, fighting and doing what he was, the, the, uh, the airport in Chicago was named after him, O'Hare Airport. Easy Eddie's son, who was an apologist for... Easy Eddie being an apologist for a gangster, his son left a great legacy. And still today, we've got O'Hare Airport in Chicago. So you can turn your life around. You can make a difference. It isn't got to be, this is how I am. You can turn around and say, God, in your strength, I want to be a good example. I want to leave a legacy. In the 1700s, there was an American preacher called Jonathan Edwards. And he was involved in something called the Great Awakening, when many people came to faith. And uh, 150 years after his death... Uh, somebody decided they would just research. A professor wanted to research into uh, Jonathan Edwards' uh, legacy. Jonathan and his uh, wife had 11 children, and they really devoted themselves to God and to their children, what they put, in, put into them. And they found, 100 years later after research, that following his death, his descendants, 100 of them were lawyers, one was the dean of a law, law school, 80 were holders of public office, 66 doctors and a dean of a medical school, 65 professors of colleges and universities, 30 judges, 13 college presidents, 3 mayors of large cities, 3 governors of states, 3 United States senators, 1 controller of the United States Treasury, and 1 vice president of the United States. An incredible legacy of people who had followed because they'd been devoted to God and who made a difference. Now, for me and for you, we might never be famous. Thank God he knows who we are. And what we do has eternal consequences. And if we just think about it, it's just about me. It's just about now. It's just about the life I'm leading right now. We're missing the whole point of life and serving God because when we live well, we do leave a legacy of faith. We can, in spite of our background, the mistakes we've made, or whatever that might be, we can still leave a legacy of faith. I want to be inspired that what we do as a life church community actually makes a difference across communities, and not just now, but for years to come. Let's pick up the story of David again, this time back in Acts chapter 13. And remind you of this, it says there, God made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want to do. You see, God was, God was pleased by David's faith and obedience. From this man's descendants, God brought to Israel the Savior Jesus as he has promised. What a legacy. 
Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors. His body decayed. Then speaking of Jesus, but the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins has been proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from sin. A justification, that is, justification means it's as if we had never sinned. We are made right with God. What a legacy, because of David, was prepared to do what God had told him to do, to live right, to be a man after God's own heart. And let's be inspired, church, that if we live right and live with purpose and live for God and do what we can, while we can, where we can, the we can leave the legacy to God. It'll be an incredible legacy and incredible impact of faith when we serve God. This year, 2016, we are determined to leave a legacy of faith. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via